the quality of the time that you spend in work, there's a direct correlation with the quality that you spend outside of work. It's all about creating urgency in your day and almost creating these, you know, those Pomodoro timers and, and creating urgency because if you don't, it's that whole Parkinson's law around work will fill up all the time that you allow it. You know, if you're not, if you're not careful, you could work the whole day if you wanted to. It's how are you spending your time? Welcome to Winning Streaks. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa, and every week I get deep into the stories and strategies of experts, champions, business moguls, and industry leaders to find out how you can win the day and win at life. If you're committed to never settling for the status quo and consistently challenging yourself to new heights, then this is the show for you. In return, I commit to bringing you insightful, practical, and no BS conversations that will help you create your next big win. My guest today is an AVP at CDI LLC and a former gold member of our Untap Your Sales Potential coaching program. He is a 15-year tech sales veteran and has been on a tremendous journey of personal transformation all throughout. Introducing Ryan McMichael. Ryan, happy new year and welcome to the show. Hey, Tanvir. Uh, so good to be here and happy new year to you. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I when I told Ian that this is something that I was going to be doing, I was going to be speaking to folks in the program. He was like, you got to talk to Ryan McMichael. And I was like, hundred percent. I definitely want to. And you've come a long way in your sales journey, Ryan. And you've had this incredible transformation over the past couple of years in particular, which we'll get into later. What I want to understand to start is, you know, what was, how, what's been the journey over the past, over the first 13 years and how did you start out? Sure. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, like a lot of people, I got into sales, uh, you know, for the money, right? In a lot of cases, it was about earning potential and and making as much money as I possibly could. Um, I actually started in consumer product good sales. So I went to go work for Hershey Foods and sold uh, uh, candy bars and uh, chocolate, uh, everything that you see in uh, a typical grocery store. And then I went on to uh, work for uh, PepsiCo and sold uh, Pepsi and Aquafina water and all their other uh, juices. Um, Did you get free and, samples? Did they give you free samples of everything or no? I'll tell you. Yeah, I I put on uh, I put on some pounds at the beginning of uh, working <laughs> Hershey. I think I tried every Hershey bar, and uh, same with uh, soda. Wow. But, uh, I'll t I'll tell you that the training at both of those places, um, and it might have just been because of the time. the 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 training was great at both of those organizations, but I realized if I really wanted to make um, significant or life-changing income, I would need to get into something like technology sales. And I made that move in 2008. Um, and so the rest is history. I've, I've worked for companies uh, like Opnet, which was ultimately bought by Riverbed. And I went to work for um, EMC, who has since been bought by Dell. And then I went to work for a company called High Availability, and High Availability was purchased by CDI in uh, December of 2020, exactly three years ago. Got it. Then, you, like you said, uh, tech sales is this vehicle to make life-changing money, right? And I also like to say a lot of the time, sales is, is the only profession where your quality of income or your level of income is almost directly correlated to your quality of efforts which is something you've really gone about changing in the past few years. So tell me where you were, um, you know, sort of from, from a personal standpoint before this journey that you've been on of, of transformation. What were some of the things that you were going through? What were the, some of the things that you were facing um, as a sales professional? Sure. So, you know, I think that um, what I found is for so many years, I placed so much emphasis on uh, m really money. And also, um, you know, I thought that money equaled a, a destination of happiness, right? Or it would bring me something that I was missing. And so, um, you know, it, it was a good thing to happen. I mean, ultimately, I, I started really in my opinion, making some significant money, probably in that 2015, 2016 timeframe. And what I found is 
um, I almost became compulsive around, um, well, I've got to respond to customers immediately. If I don't respond to customers, you know, they're going to think maybe I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. So I've got to immediately respond to customers. I was glued to my phone, any alert notification that came up, I was, and, and, and people commented on, wow, you, you respond to things very, very quickly. And I took pride. Uh, I, you know, that was, uh, something I was very, very badge proud of honor. Yeah. Badge of honor for me. Um, I also worked, uh, nonstop. I would, uh, you know, I would wake up in the mornings, I would be with my family. But after that, uh, for maybe you know, after they were uh, up and ready, um, I was on my computer. Um, I would a lot of times miss dinner with the family. I would then, um, you know, maybe catch up and, and eat dinner and help. You know, I, 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 my dinner would be left for me to go microwave later to warm up. And then I would uh, hopefully be around to see my kids go to sleep. And then I'd be right back on my computer um, and and really, you know, didn't spend much time with my wife or kids in the evening. And I just felt like that was what I needed to do um, to hit the level of income and success that I wanted to have. So I think, you know, there were probably a few moments, you know, it's maybe not just one particular thing that hits you. But I'll give you a quick story. I can remember my kids, um, at least my two older girls, asking me to play. Uh, they wanted to go outside, and we've got a, a, a this really cool swing in the backyard, and they wanted to go out and play. And I'm thinking, I can't. I don't have time to go out and I can't go out and play. I got to work. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I got to work because I got to provide for my family. And I'm thinking, wait, wait a minute, my family is right here. Here's my family asking me to go out and play. The best thing I could possibly do right now in this moment is drop what I'm doing and be with them, opposed to using this excuse of, I've got to work for my family. So it really challenged me um, to think about my why and my priorities. And I think that's why um, Ian's program you know, this isn't an advertisement for Ian, even though it might feel like it, it's, it's, it's really the truth. His program resonated uh, so much for me because the focus is, although there's some fantastic sales nuggets and, and strategies, really the emphasis for me was on mindset and habits. That's, those are the biggest things I took away from the course personally. Yeah, you've said some things there. Uh, first of all, I appreciate the shout out. Um, but sure. you said some some things there that I think are so important to highlight. Because for a lot of people, the schedule that you just talked about, the lifestyle that you just talked about, to them, that's like, I'm being a top performer, I'm being a high performer, working all the hours, being available, being responsive, um, and in some cases, even managers or leaders will encourage that type of work. I know somebody personally who uh, was not responding to his manager's texts on the weekend. And basically his manager was like, hey, you probably shouldn't be doing this job if you're not responding to my texts or something of the, of the nature. So how did you, I know you, you obviously had that story in terms of a moment of realization, but then why did you decide to make the transition and how did you make the transition from being this work all the time high performer to now what you are, which is you're a lot more balanced, but you're still a high performer? What changed? Yeah, I mean, so uh, uh, by the way, it doesn't happen. Uh, it doesn't happen like immediately. It's kind of this. <laughs> um, it's 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 one. It's a it's a realization. So it's. um you know, coming to terms with kind of what's going on. And like, um, again, I'll, I'll probably sound like a major uh, untap your sales potential fanboy, but there's certain things like Ian talks a lot about, um, you know, uh, the, the, the pain um, has to be great enough, right? Like in order, I think it's a Tony Robbins quote around um, in order for you to make change, there has to be significant pain there. Yeah, and the pain of the pain of staying the same has to be greater than the pain of change. 
That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tanvir. You got it. And, and, and so it's not that um, I was in deep pain, but when I look at it, there were a lot of things happening. Um, uh, one, um, I didn't feel like I was in good physical health. I felt like I was uh, carrying more weight than I should be. I didn't feel like I was as strong as I should be. My cardiovascular health wasn't there. Um, I was drinking a little bit more than I should. I had heartburn. I wasn't sleeping as well as I should. I didn't feel like my relationships with my wife and my children and some of the people around me that I care about the most. So there's all these things that although I was making um, very, very good money, um, all these other areas of my life weren't where I wanted them to be. And so um, I just kind of started one step at a time. Um, and, and it's sort of changing. It's changing your identity, right? It's sort of a change of identity. I've been known as like, oh, Ryan's the guy that, you know, can uh, eat a lot. <laughs> or Ryan's the guy that knows every single uh, craft beer and every single, uh, you know, uh, bourbon recommendation. And um, not that those are terrible things to be known for, but it's not really who I want to be or be. No those are not the things I want to be remembered for. And so you have to start changing your identity around what do I want to be known for, right? I want to be known for someone who has good relationships. I want to be known as someone that is dependable. I want to be the, I want to have the identity of a hard worker, both working hard, you know, this is another Ian one, right? Working hard, not only while I'm at work, but working hard you know, when I'm outside of work, right, working hard on my marriage, working hard on my relationships. So when you build that identity of a hard worker, it transcends. It's not that idea of like, man, we work hard, and then we party hard, because then you're in sort of, you're in conflict with yourself, right? <laughs> so um, it's one change at a time. And what I have found is, that those positive changes build momentum and it's a domino effect and um i'm still a work in progress um you know i got plenty of things i still want to do and get better but i'm still in a position where i'm a high performer at work and i feel so much more um balance around my health my, my mental health my physical health my relationships um and it that's that's living in integrity yeah i love what you said that, that you kept that off the perfect way living in integrity i, I think look, there's a couple of tough aspects about what you're discussing number one which is the the money piece right i've also gone through the same situation where i thought that money was everything and that once i got enough of that i would be happy and then i had a life-changing year from a you know, earning standpoint. And I was shocked at how unfulfilled I felt at the end of it. I was blown away by like, okay, why does this, there's this gaping hole in the way I feel now, but I just made more money than I even thought possible in a, in a given year. Like what is going on? The problem is that you can't tell that to everybody. You can't, if I go to somebody who's underperforming and I tell them that they'll be like, oh yeah, way to sit on your high horse. Thanks for that. You know what I mean? So I feel like you have to get there first. You have to get to the point where you're earning that kind of money to come to that realization. However, what I don't believe is that you need to get to that point while slaving yourself to the game, you know, while, while working weeknights and weekends, there are other ways to do so of which you have identified and you've been executing, um, you know, for the past while. So how have things actually tangibly, cha tangibly changed on a day-to-day -day basis? What looks different now than before? And would you say that you're performing, you know, just as high or, or better, or, you know, in terms of actual output and results that are, that are coming out of the way you work now? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I, I experiment, 
you know, I experiment with things. Um, so my schedule today, um, my, my typical schedule, um, I, I try to, I try to be in a routine, right? Um, humans are, uh, creatures of habit. We, our bodies and our minds, I think prefer, uh, routines. So I try to keep to a routine where I'm usually in bed, uh, somewhere between 10 and 10 30 at night. Um, trying to get, you know, approximately eight hours of sleep if I can. Seven or eight hours seem to be pretty good for me. Um, I don't need an alarm clock because I have three young girls and 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 uh my oldest is sure to be waking me up somewhere between six and six thirty a.m. every morning. And my time with my kids in the morning is typically making them breakfast. So I usually go down and and make breakfast for all three girls and then also for both myself and my wife um you know i i do my best not to look at my phone first thing in the morning i i've noticed uh my uh anxiety and stress levels uh stay a little lower if i can uh wait and i just sort of focus on spending time with my children in the morning and that's a, a chance for me to have some conversation with them make sure they get you know a, a nutritious breakfast. And, um, and then I'll usually, uh, you know, I, I try to do the same. I have pretty much the same thing every morning. I have water, I have black coffee, I have eggs and I have fruit. And, um, and then, you know, and then I start getting into um, work, but I, I, I do uh, focus on, you know, seeing my family first thing, and then I balance in, it's not always exactly the same every day, but my goal is just to move, right? It's to go on a walk or, you know, get some time on the Peloton, go lift weights, um, at least 30 minutes minimum per day of something that gets your heart rate going and where I'm not, you know, focused on work and I'm doing some good deep breaths and I'm focused on my, you know, physical and mental health, um, it goes a long way. And doing that proactively um, prevents you from, I think, ever really getting to a point where you're overwhelmed. Um, so it's good just overall maintenance. And so, you know, what does that look like? I, I feel like my, I'm just in a better headspace. And I feel like the relationships that I have um are stronger and better and you know it's a it's a it's a it's a daily it's a daily thing that you know you gotta it's like water and you know it's water in the plants you know i'm just i'm i i keep i keep uh making deposits and i really believe that you know it 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 goes a long way what about from a work standpoint because before you were working all the time you were responsing responsive all the time um right and you were you were a high performer how does that look like now how do you operate work differently than you used to do before to again try to be a high performer throughout which you are yeah so um you know i think uh i'm again i'll go back i'll go back to some of the things from untap your sales potential i think about rgas right i think about revenue generating activities i think about what things do I really need to be spending my time on? Um, do, you know, I'll, I'll look at my, I'll, I'll typically look at my calendar, um, you know, let's say on a Saturday or a Sunday, I'll take a quick look maybe before the upcoming week and I'll challenge myself. Do I need to be part of this meeting? You know, sometimes we have buyer's remorse around should I have ever accepted that calendar invite? Sometimes you say yes to some things, but you have to be, you got to protect your time. You really do. Because if you're saying yes to something, then, you know, you're saying no to something else. And so I really try to think about what do I need to be a part of? Where do I need to be? How can I delegate? Where is my time best spent? And that has helped uh, free me up and spend my time on the most strategic activities. I am a player coach. So not only am I selling to end users, but I'm also helping develop a team. So 
um you know that's you know time time is time is is critical and you know maybe this is just my I feel like I've still been able to be extremely effective but get time back uh for being able to continually invest in myself and not allow for things like my mental health or my physical health or my relationships to suffer what you said there again I want to key in on because it's important you spent that extra time not just here or there you know not just you know watching Netflix which we all do everyone's job but actually spending time investing back into yourself what I think is really important to highlight especially for sales professionals is that how you feel mentally physically is just as important as what you say and what you do um so talk to me a little bit about that because I know you're not just your your schedule but also you know some of the things you do for your health and mental health have, have changed as well you mentioned going to the gym but like what's sort of again been been that transformation because last time we spoke you talked to me about like feeling like crap every morning and you know now you're a lot more energetic on a regular basis yeah I mean so uh I go back to um you know in the past let's go you know a few years back my routine typically consisted of I had work I had my email up on on one screen and then I had Netflix up on another screen this is by the way this is like you know 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. right I'm I'm sending emails I'm watching you know whatever the latest show is that I'm glued to and I've which, usually which got, one was your favorite which one is your favorite show well I mean I'm probably just like everyone else things like um you know like Breaking Bad in that time frame would have been uh one uh The Sopranos of course you know uh Yellowstone more recently so once you once you start it's tough to get invested in a show it could be tough to uh, drop it yeah but um but I you know then I would typically you know on, on the other on the other side here have uh uh either a glass of wine or some big double IPA uh who knows maybe even a bourbon and some snacks and that was I did that for years and um I can tell you uh you know you don't wake up feeling energized and recharged um after you stayed up too late and you know you were drinking alcohol and eating you know snacks all night I did that for a very long time and I wondered why I had heartburn <laughs> and um and so when you don't you know when you don't put good things into your mind or you could put good things into your body um as a result at some point you know you you know your body's not going to perform for you right i mean it's a it's a high performance vehicle uh you feed it uh good fuel uh you're going to get great results you know you feed it uh crappy low octane uh then you know uh the performance is going to suffer so um i think you know i've seen that since i have started what, what one of the things that's very easy to neglect is we can all we can all see what we put into our bodies right around uh what we eat and what we drink but one thing that we don't spend a lot of time on is how do we talk to ourselves right what's our internal dialogue are we staying positive or or do we let our thoughts kind of just run wild and that has been um a big part of my development is really self-talk um keeping my thoughts positive or at least realistic and challenging negative thoughts so if I have a negative thought it's okay well is this real could this be proven in uh in front of judge and jury and um what's really the true story here let's stick to the facts and that has helped me uh immensely that's amazing that's something that a lot of folks they they struggle to even have the awareness to do that in the first place right they have a negative thought and i think 90% of our actions are dictated by our subconscious mind 
right? So we're not even aware of them. But when you do things like keep your physical and mental health healthy, it builds more space. It builds more of a container to manage those thoughts. Um, I know I struggled with that with for a long, long time. And it wasn't until I really started getting into my mindfulness journey where I was able to say, oh, that's just a thought. There's not really any bearing to that. Like, well, that's what we realize is our mind just is a, it's a, it's a beast of its own. You know, it's sending us random signals and random thoughts. Um, there's no sort of calculated formula to it and good or bad thoughts, you know, kind of have to look like and say, they're just thoughts. That's all they are. They're not representative of like what you said, facts, reality, totally two different things. I, what I used to do all the time was I would project problems from the future into the present. Yes. So I'd be constantly thinking about what's happening in the future, right? Quota at the end of the year as an example, right? And maybe potentially not hitting it. And, um, you know, things that were two, three, four years out that I was thinking, oh, that might happen and, you know, might lose this house and et cetera, et cetera. And then bringing that into the present and getting anxious over it. That's actually where anxiety comes from. So when it comes to actually navigating that, First of all, how did you realize that you needed to interrupt like this negative self-talk? And then what are tangible ways that you do do it? Is it affirmations? Is it just like in the moment? Are you journaling? Like, what are you doing to interrupt those thoughts? Yeah. So uh, this is good stuff. I, I mean, exactly, exactly what you just said. Um, I was, I was having the same, um, I was having the same experience where um, I was allowing things in the future, which may or may not ever happen, um, dictate my present feeling. Uh, so, you know, I would let my run, my feeling, you know, my thoughts, by the way, we have, you know, we have thousands and thousands of thoughts every day. And to your point, they're just a thought. Sometimes they're positive. Sometimes they're negative. But it's which thoughts do we give energy to? Which thoughts do we uh, give oxygen and allow to uh, live yeah. and breathe? Exactly. And so I think many of us, including myself, what I found is I was allowing some negative thoughts to have way more energy than they deserved. And I would uh, kind of think of these what if scenarios. And what I found is, um, your thoughts, you know, typically a future event uh, or uh, any sort of future thing that might be, you know, creating anxiety typically is never nearly as bad or as good in some cases as you may imagine. Um, in fact, a lot of the things that you think of just never even end up coming to fruition. So really, um, it's about becoming more conscious and aware about the thoughts that come into your mind and neutralizing uh, any sort of negative thoughts quickly and feeding the positivity because I have found that the more positive things you look for in your life, and by the way, um, I think journaling has been you know, on my list of things to do for a long time. And I, I just have never gotten into, I haven't got, I have not um, gotten into a good uh, rhythm or uh, habit around uh, journaling each day. But what I have done is at least mentally each day thought about what are the things that I'm grateful for, what things have gone well, and what things do I want more of in my life? And I find that the more that I look for the positive and I think about the positive, you know, it just seems to attract more of that. I'm not, you know, I know this isn't all about uh, woo woo, uh, you know, being able to uh, will things into my life, but I do believe that positive energy attracts more positive people and positive outcomes in your life. This episode of Winning Streaks is brought to you by Untap Your Sales Potential. 
Two years ago, I was blindly navigating my role as an account executive at Salesforce. I didn't have any structure or any organization in my approach. And if you would have asked me what my strategy was, I would have told you that I was just throwing as much at the wall as possible and seeing what sticks. This led me to extreme burnout, high levels of anxiety, and frankly, a complete lack of fulfillment from my role as a sales professional. It honestly made me even wonder if I was even cut out to be in sales. That's when I found the Untap Your Sales Potential coaching program. Founded by Ian Koniak, Untap Your Sales Potential is a sales coaching program that teaches the exact frameworks, processes, and strategies that have helped Ian close over $100 million in sales across industry giants such as Rico and Salesforce. With multiple number one finishes and seven-figure years, Ian's expertise is unparalleled. This program will help you access the mindset, habits, and selling skills of the top 1% of tech sales professionals. After I started working with Ian, I ended up finishing number one on my team two years in a row, closed over $3.6 million in sales, and earned my spot at President's Club. Most importantly, it helped me rediscover my purpose and experience true fulfillment. But don't just take my word for it. We've had over 150 students go through this coaching program, with many of them shattering income records, exceeding their quotas, and achieving levels of success they never thought possible. So if you're ready to level up and untap your sales potential, visit untapyoursalespotential.com and book a free strategy call with me, where we'll talk through where you're struggling, where you'd like to improve, and how we can help. Again, that's untapyoursalespotential.com to book your free strategy call today. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, I'm way past the point of uh, believing that any of this is woo-woo anymore. There's been just too many, too much evidence piled up at this point in my life to say otherwise. It's like if you if you think about something, I I I, I akin it to uh, a skiing instructor analogy. Skiing instructors will tell you on your first lesson that hey, if you look towards the tree, you'll run into the tree. So don't look at the tree, right? Or don't look at the tree saying that you want to avoid the tree because you're going to hit the tree because you, you, you end up where you end up going towards what you focus on. That's right. And I see it the exact same way, which is if I clearly set my intentions, if I clearly have a goal of, you know, X amount in sales, you know, uh, the, the physical shape that I want to be in the quality of relationships that I want to have. And I can clearly see it in my mind's eye of what that looks like. Now, I can pick up signals, I can pick up, you know, opportunities, I can pick up pathways that will lead to that result, because I have a much clearer idea of what that destination looks like. Yes. Yeah. And I, 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 I believe the, the, the mind, I mean, as, a, as impressive as the mind is, it doesn't always know the difference between what has really happened and what hasn't happened. And so if you start acting as if, if you start, you know, acting as you've already achieved certain things, or, you know, you're, you're kind of thinking about the future self and who you want to become, your mind already believes that you've gotten there. And so everything else kind of starts to fall into line. It's not uh, an, a really easy activity, but it's it's probably some of the some of the work you've done where you think about the future and who you want to be how does it feel being that person what does that look like uh you know what does that feel like and how does it impact the others around you and before you know it you know you've become that person <laughs> yeah yeah i I mean, I try to dream as much as I can. I, it's funny, my wife and I do this thing and maybe it's embarrassing to say, but like we will consciously like go through, you know, more wealthier neighborhoods and look at the houses and we'll go through and we'll just admire the houses and be like, oh, that'll, you know, that could be us someday. But in my head, it's like, that will be us someday. Yep. I'm just like, I'm just looking at which house I want to be mine. Like that's, that's how I see it is the, the power of, again, not just knowing that you will accomplish or not just like being like, I will do this, but being like, I know I will do this. It's like, there's a certain level of certainty that comes with that. That being said, you can think all you want, but your actions then need to align to, to that, you know, vision of what you're, of what you're projecting into the future. So when it comes to actions, you know, this is another area that I know that you've gone through a, 
you know, tremendous amount of improvement, which was, I think before talking about a lot of like compulsive activities and dopamine inducing activities to now, you know, being a lot more regimented in the way that you operate. So how did you actually go about, let's call it fixing your operating system to now be, you know, a lot more aligned in your actions on a day-to-day basis from a fulfillment standpoint and a performance standpoint in your career? Yeah. So there's a few things there. I, um, again, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm referencing some, some Ian stuff, but I think, uh, one thing he talked a lot about is, and you might have to help me out with the quote again, but it's the quality of the time that you spend in work. Um, there's a direct correlation with the quality that you spend outside of work. So, you know, what I found is in a lot of cases, um, and by the way, this is honest reflection. You know, these are things where you've got to have an honest conversation with yourself and you've got to audit your time. And what I found is I was in a lot of cases focused on, um, you know, busy work or a to-do list, feeling busy. And I was doing a lot of the easy things. Oh, check that off. Got that done. You know, perfect. I'm I'm rocking. I'm getting all these things done. But I always was leaving you know, maybe the, the big rock, right? I was, I was leaving those, those things that, you know, I'm like, Oh, that, that one's going to take a lot of time. I'm going to really have to sit down and, and, and spend a lot of time and energy on that one. And what I, what I found is if I hit those big rocks, if I hit those things where, you know, uh, what's, um, uh, uh you know, the, the, uh, the frog, Frog, right? Yeah. Brian Tracy, uh, eat that frog. Eat that frog. So, yeah. So if I if I ate the frog early, early in the day when I had the most energy, first of all, it was such a feeling of relief that I had accomplished that, and it created momentum. And then you know I could knock out some of the other things that were smaller. And then I felt I felt like. I could then leave work, you know, at five or 6 p.m. and not feel like, oh, I never, I never did that thing I was supposed to do. And I still got to work tonight. And so it's almost, a, it's, it's, it's all about creating urgency in your day and almost creating these, you know, those Pomodoro timers and, and creating urgency because if you don't, it's that whole Parkinson's law around work will fill up all the time that you allow it. You know, if you're not, if you're not careful, you could work the whole day if you wanted to, it's how are you spending your time? So I really got focused on how was I spending my time? I, I knew what I didn't want, which is I didn't want to continue to work in the evenings. I wanted to be present with my wife and my kids. I wanted to be around. I wanted to be able to go to sporting activities with my children and not be constantly on my phone. And so now I hit the big rocks early in the day and I take care of some of the smaller things as the day goes on. And I can confidently put work away at a certain time of day and sleep well at night, knowing that I got those things done and I was present with my family. So that's been huge. I don't, uh, I put my phone in, uh, it's not even in my bedroom anymore. So I, when it's time to go to bed, it's time to go to bed. Uh, no, you know, that, that phone is out of the room and I've eliminated social media on my phone. So I've taken Instagram, Facebook, and you know, I think I, I think you and I talked about this. I, I, I let LinkedIn stay there because I'm like, that is a business, that is a business app that is being used for work purposes. And I really had to have, again, an honest conversation with myself. Well, wait a minute. I'm checking it far more frequently than I need to. Mm-hmm. And it does, you know, provide a dopamine hit or a distraction. And I don't need to do that. So I took LinkedIn off my phone and I check it, you know, periodically throughout the day when I'm on my, uh, when I'm on my laptop. Uh, probably still check it a little more than I should, <laughs> but, but, uh, but probably you know, a lot less than you were before. You know, I, I made, it's funny. I made you 
we talked about this last time, but um, I made a post about it and then I got chirped. I made a post that I deleted social media off my phone. Um, and then I got chirped for <laughs> being on LinkedIn. And I was like, I'm on, on my laptop. Like I had to defend myself and be like, I, you know, I got rid of it. Cause I was like, you know, I deleted all the apps, um, but LinkedIn was still the one that I had on. But it, what I found is that because I didn't have all the other apps, I was resorting to LinkedIn constantly. Right. It was like, I needed to check my phone, needed to check my phone. And, um, you know, once I realized that it was getting to become an unhealthy relationship where, you know, I'd be with my wife or I'd be with a friend and I'd be checking it periodically. It's like, okay, then that's when, you know, you have a problem because yes. you're not present, you're not there. Um, and you I might gotta, just go back to a flip phone. Yeah. Honestly, I've thought about it multiple times. I have actually thought about it. So I will consider at some point. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, trying to find ways where you can really not just be productive, but be present, be engaged and have your mind in the right headspace to, to actually perform at a high level. I'm curious, like you've done all this, made all these changes, made all these improvements. How, how many hours a week do you work now, Ryan, approximately? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, it's, it's tech sales. So, you know, I'm still probably working, you know, 50 hours a week or whatever it might be, but I mean, there was a time where, you know, like I said, I was probably working uh, some 12 hour days and I was doing that, you know, every single week and, and, and even, you know, on my laptop over the weekends. So I'm, I feel like I'm at a much, much healthier balance than where I used to be. Got it. So you're at a healthier balance now. Do you feel that you're more effective now than you used to be before from both input and output standpoint or you know, is it just the fact that you have more balance now? What, what, what do you think is the distinction there? Well, um, you know, I think about, um, it, it, it's all about how you, it's all about how you show up. And, um, you know, we've, I think we've, we've talked about this before. You can have all the sales, you know, you, you could be an absolute sales master uh, you could have you know you could have taken all the modules uh from ian's class uh and 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 skipped mindset and habits um and and those and all of that coursework and by the way i'm a big subscriber I'll, I'll i'll promote a few i'm a big i love you know brandon Fluhardy and i love jamal reimer there's some other folks that i really enjoy um what they have to teach from a sales coaching perspective 100 percent but um but i really believe that it's more about um how you show up and how you feel i think about i used to be a blend of this um nervous energy right it was i hadn't slept well so then i would uh load up on caffeine i'd have multiple cups of coffee a day i think about sometimes i'd even have coffee you know, close to dinner time, and never even really thought of, of that impact. And so it was this constant cycle of uh, being tired, then loading up on caffeine, and, um, you know, not being present at home, eating and drinking too much, just kind of mindlessly doing some of these things. And I find that living a much more intentional life feeling good, feeling grounded, knowing what's important to me, it impacts how I show up. People can feel that. Your customers can feel that. Your coworkers can feel that. And so, you know, you're lying to yourself if you think that other people can't tell what may be going on in your life. You can only mask that for so long. So, um, I think we all know that the key to selling is showing up authentically. And so if you are living in integrity, you are living out, if you're, you know, your behavior, your actions match your values and, and you're living to your full potential, 
people are going to be naturally attracted to that. They're going to be want to be around you and they're going to be interested in what you have to say. And to me, you will, if you're living that type of life, you will sell better. You'll be a better leader, a better, you know, father, husband, wife, partner, all of that. So yes, uh, I'm already forgetting the uh, original question. You're more effective. You're more More effective effective. for sure. And, you know, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that don't realize the importance of selling quote unquote authentically, right? Um, A lot of people will make sales about the science. So the scripts, you know, the questions, the, um, you know, the prospecting strategy, the frameworks, all of which are important, all of which are critical. But when somebody's going through a sales slump, when I've been going through a sales slump, you know, the first question I need to ask myself is how am I feeling? How's my physical health? How's my mental health? How's my energy? How's my focus? How's my uh, sense of presence? Those are the first questions that you got to be asking yourself because you're, like you said, your customers can feel it. Your prospects can feel it, how you show up. And if you're a robot asking, you know, basic questions or even sometimes complex questions, but you sound like a robot, that's not going to do a lot for you or an AI can replace your job one day. That's right. It's about, yeah, go ahead. About having an authentic conversation. It's a, you know, it's about having an authentic conversation and really coming from a place of, you know, curiosity and wanting to help. And, um, you know, if it's, uh, I, I totally believe in the commission breath. I can feel it. I can feel it when other people have it. Um, and you want to run away from it. You don't, you want to be as far away from it as possible. So, um, you know, I, I, I agree with you. Some of the things that we're talking about today, um, some folks might hear this and say, well, this is, that's easy for some of these people to say, because they've already achieved a certain level of success. Um, and I do agree with that. It is hard to, you to your point, sometimes you almost have to go through these things and learn it for yourself and actually live it before you can come to the realization and then make adjustments. Um, you know, I'm just hoping that people can make those realizations sooner rather than later and make those tweaks. I, I'd hate to see people hit rock bottom uh, before they make changes or they get frustrated and and you know keep changing jobs thinking that and blaming external factors um because really it's about you've got to ask you've got to have very honest conversations with yourself about what person do i need to become to change if i don't like where i'm at what things can i do to make to make a change not you know blaming everything else around you you said it better than better than I could. Um, being proactive is better than being re- reactive. Prevention beats the cure. You know, you don't want to wait until I was speaking to someone, and uh, you know, we we had a conversation, and then who you know, someone who was interested in the program, and then afterwards they told me that I don't have enough pain to to make this decision. And, you know, it, to each their own, if they, that's, that's totally okay. If you're not interested in the program, like that's totally fine. But I just thought that was such an interesting line that I don't have enough pain yet because too many people wait until they have pain, wait until they're hurting, wait until the damage has already been done to make a change. And by then, sometimes it's too late. You may have, you know, gained 20 pounds, you may have lost a relationship, you may have, you know, underperformed and okay, now you're making changes, but what would have happened if you got ahead of it? And that's how I think I approach now just regular life in general is, okay, I don't try to project problems from the future into the present anymore, but I try to take daily actions to ensure that future problems don't arise. Example, going to the gym, stretching, meditation, mindfulness, like all of those things. It's like, I don't know what problems are going to come up in the future. There's so much uncertainty um, Phil Stutz uh, is a is a therapist and he's on Netflix. There's a whole documentary on him. 
but he talks about the two things that are that are certain in life, which is pain and uncertainty. Those things are going to happen. But now I can equip myself with the tools to deal with those when they happen. Absolutely. You're making yourself more mentally and physically resilient by your daily actions. Ab ab absolutely. Precisely. And I think that's the best way to, I could go on with you on these topics for probably. <laughs> that's another, great, man. I love, I love it. Where can people learn more about you, connect with you, have a conversation with you? Yeah. So, uh, well, like I said, I'm minimizing my, uh, my social media footprint, but I, um, I do spend, you know, time on LinkedIn and, um, I've been, you know, I've been challenging myself to post daily about things that are important to me. Um, you know, I don't, uh, espouse myself to be, uh, perfect, but I'm out there at least sharing the things that I learn and hopefully it can help others. So I'm always interested in connecting with other folks that are passionate about, um, sell, selling sales, leadership, self-development, personal development, um, you know, mindset habits. Those are all things that, um, I'm passionate about. So I, would love to connect. Uh, my name is Ryan McMichael, and uh, I think I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Amazing. Before we go, what's one last piece of advice you'd give to my listeners to help them achieve their next big win? Ooh. Uh, hold on. I did write down a couple of things, so let me let me um, let me look at this real quick. Well, I mean, I'm I'm. Oh, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to go with, um, really I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, one of my, you know, kind of one of my favorite sayings, uh, that again, I, I hear from, from Ian every so often is, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so even from the smallest, from the smallest thing that you do, think about um, if you're, if you're thinking about in a customer situation, um, how you uh, prepare, right? How you prepare, how you show up every single thing um, early on, as you're trying to build a relationship, customers or prospective customers are looking at, is this someone that I can trust? Is this person um, on time? Do they do what they say they're gonna do? Do they follow up? Did they promise something early on in a sales campaign and then not follow through? And so that saying of how you do anything is how you do everything I think about that quite a bit because that is how people judge. Um, is this a person that um, I would trust with something small? Um, and you build up over time with deposits, right? You keep showing up consistently for your prospective customers. You follow through and honor the commitments that you made. And by the end of it, if you really kept your commitments and you kept your customer or your prospective customers view front and center um ultimately your customers are going to trust you with whatever it is you might be selling uh their data uh they're going to trust you with their money they're going to you know potentially have you sign an nda and give you you know some uh information that is very very important to them so um I, I take that uh, I, I take that um, particular quote and I try to apply it and think about how other people view you. Um, so that would be that would be it. That's a great one, Ryan McMichael. So great having you on the show. Uh, thanks for coming on to Winning Streaks, Ryan. Thanks a lot, Tamir. This was awesome. Thanks so much. No problem. All right, see ya.